once again, good morning. It's good to see everybody today, and we are blessed, and it's our privilege to have the Dave Melton family with us this morning, and we're going to ask them to come up now, and um, I think Dave's going to preach for us. They are going to sing some songs for us uh, during this morning service to give you an idea of what's going to happen this evening, and we invite you all to come back tonight at 6 o'clock uh, for a concert with them. Well, good morning, everybody. We're just so excited to be able to be here and worship with you all this morning. If you're gonna talk with me, you gotta walk with me, cause there's a place I'm trying to go. If you're gonna talk with me, you gotta walk with me, along life's narrow road. No looking back or turning round. Krista um, 
answered her question, of course, but she also wrote this song called Washed Away.
time this morning. We're just getting started. So, for those of you who were not here uh, for Sunday school, my name is David Pelican, and this is my family, and uh, Krista, Kyle, Katie, Mason, Gracie, we have a son at home named Trevin, and it is just a pleasure to be with you here today. I think he's off so I can see my works. But, uh, but uh, I, uh, I love to sing, but I also love to preach. So today, um, I'm going to bring you a message that's just simply called, It's a Great Day to Be the Church. Now, as you know, next week is uh, Easter Sunday morning, or Resurrection Sunday morning, and today is Palm Sunday. I thought I'd mention that, but today is a great day to be the church, and today is, like I say, Palm Sunday, and I can imagine that this was one of the greatest days of Jesus' life while he was here on earth, the triumphal Entry. All four Gospels record this event because when, if when, because uh, it was an important day, it was an important event. Jesus entered Jerusalem. Uh, the crowds, of course, were overwhelming in the city because it was uh, the Jews had all come in for the, uh, uh, the the Passover feast. His disciples now had gone out ahead and brought back a white donkey, and Jesus got on the donkey on the side of town, and as he rode into town, the people were shouting and singing Hosanna. They were laying their cloaks and palm leaves down, waving them in the air. And uh, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were welcoming their king. And they were ready for him to come in and claim his throne and his lordship. And that's exactly what he did, but not in the way they had imagined. On Friday, you see, he gave his life for our sins. And on Sunday, he rose again, proving that he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That's what Palm Sunday is all about. But I want to let you know that today is a great day. Today. Not just that day, but today is a great day to be the church. You ask why? Why is today a great day to be the church? Well, I'm going to tell you, there is hope. There is reason for hope. There is, is that we could be encouraged. There is no reason to be in despair. Today is a great day to be the church because we know that Jesus has won the victory. Amen? Amen. amen. You're allowed to say amen. 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 All right. I had the privilege, as I mentioned earlier in Sunday school, I had the privilege of preaching at a church in Missouri called Ravenwood Christian Church for about five years, and uh, I loved every minute of that. Um, the reason we're singing now is uh, we love singing awesome, and the family and I have been singing now for almost 10 years, full-time on the road. But while we were in Kansas City, of course, we lived, uh, before Kansas City, we lived south of Kansas City down near Joplin, Missouri, and so we, we were always Chiefs fans. Now, Back in the day, when back when, 10 years ago, the Chiefs were terrible. And so we were just Chiefs fans, you know, we followed them along, but nothing ever good happened. Uh, now that's changed nowadays, praise the Lord. Uh, I don't know if the Lord had anything to do with it, but I'm glad it happened. But, uh, but, uh, but because of most of the games were on Sunday, uh, often we would have to record the game and watch it later. Well, occasionally... We'd be 
walking home after you know about one or two o'clock, everything was done. We were going to go home and watch the game if it had already been started or if it had already ended. And someone would come by and say, go Chiefs, yay, they won today. It's like, oh man, <laughs> haven't watched it yet. But I didn't notice something. I would still watch the game. And uh, I, I noticed that no matter how far they got behind, I never got despaired because I knew they were going to win in the end. And, uh, and uh, it's because I knew the final score. Now, I want to remind you today that we know the final score. You see, God's Word tells us that Jesus has won the victory. The church is triumphant. There is no reason to fear. Instead, we can be confident in our, our faith and, and confident in our Lord. Today is a great day to be the church. Now, those of you who ever preached know that you've got to have three points. You've got to have three points if you're going to preach. you got to have that. It's, it's a rule. So I've got three points. Number one, today is a great day to be the church because we know that Jesus has risen from the dead. Uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And when he rose from the dead, he triumphed over sin and death. And he purchased our salvation and won the victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 58 says this. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore... Brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We can stand firm on the assurance that we have salvation through Jesus. He has triumphed over sin and death, and we have eternal life through him. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin, uh, uh, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. When Jesus rose from the dead, everything changed. I mean, you think about it. When he died on the cross, his disciples were distraught. They were beaten. They were obviously emotionally worn out. They were hiding. But then Jesus rose. And everything changed. These same men who were cowering in a room were now bold. They were fiercely preaching the gospel. They went into all the world. Nothing could stop them. Do you realize that 12 men changed the world? They believed so much that they were willing to give their very lives for the gospel. And tradition tells us that all but one John died a martyr's death. They died for their faith. What made the difference from the cowering men in the room to the men who had died for what they believed? You see, they knew, capital K, I mean, that's for him, but anyway, they knew that Jesus had risen from the dead and they knew that he was their Lord. They had no doubt Jesus had risen. Number two, it's a, 
great day to be the church because he's still Lord today. Amen? He is Lord. He is Lord. What is the definition of Lord? I always, I always wondered that. Well, in the, if you look in the dictionary, it says it's something or someone having authority, power, or influence, or master, or ruler. You see, when we became Christians, we made Jesus our Savior. Yes, we did. When, when we were baptized and the forgiveness of our sins, He literally saves us. He is our Savior. But a lot of us, I'm afraid, never mature past that point. He is always our Savior. We are saved. But we never truly make Him our Lord. Now, I know, I know it takes time. And uh, when we are... When we, when we become Christians, He plants the fruits of the Spirit. They're seeds. They grow. And as we grow, we become more mature. And eventually, some sooner than others, but eventually it is a goal of us to make Him not just our Savior, but our Lord. Is He your Lord today? He is Lord. He is the ruler over all. He is the one in charge, the one with all the power and all the authority. And in Matthew, at the beginning of the Great Commission, he even says that. All authority has been given to me. All authority. The early church understood this. They suffered immense persecution. Some gave up their families to follow Christ. Some lost their possessions. Some gave their very lives. But they believed it was worth it all. Because they knew, capital K, that he was Lord. Knew, without a doubt. And ultimately, he would be triumphant. Jesus warns his disciples and his followers that it wouldn't be easy. I mean, he says it. He says right here in John 16, 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We must hold on to this promise, the promise that Jesus has overcome the world, and, and, and also hold on to the promise that nothing can separate us from his love. And it tells us that in Romans 8, 38, 37, or 39. It says, so, for I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor all, nor present things, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, read those again here. Or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As you read through Scripture, especially through Romans, you understand it. And you see right there that the early church had their troubles. But we also have our troubles today. I mean, I don't have to remind you that life is uncertain. I mean, just a few years back, who would have thought that we'd have had a worldwide pandemic? We'd all be huddled in our houses, afraid of little germs. And there's reason to be afraid. I was telling them this morning, my, my stepdad almost died from that. He was in the hospital for several weeks. But I'm glad we're through it. We made it through. Yes, you are survivors right here. Yay. Here's all I am. We made it through the pandemic. But there are other things in life that we have to deal with. Uh, uh, other kind of problems, uh, health problems, uh, financial struggles, family issues. We all face trials in our lives, but we don't have to be discouraged 
because we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And then the scripture says that he is in charge, that he is faithful, and that he will take care of his own. I love that old hymn. It goes like this. It says, be not dismayed where be time. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. You know this, sing along. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. And he will. We can live triumphant lives. We can, we can as Paul said, count it all as joy. And he knew what he was talking about. All those suffering, all those good, all the bad. He counted them all as joy. We can rejoice in the midst of the suffering. We can, we, and we can share God's love with others through this suffering because we know that Jesus is Lord and nothing can separate us from his love. We know that our greatest days are ahead of us. As a Christian, our greatest days will be the day, one of our greatest days especially, will be the day we graduate from this life and into the next. And we will see our Savior face to face. All the suffering will cease. All the pain, all the tears will all be gone. We will be experiencing a joy beyond belief and anything we can ever comprehend. I don't understand it, but I'm not supposed to be able to understand. But we'll know that. It's a great day to be the church because he is risen. It's a great day to the church because he is Lord. And lastly, my favorite, it's a great day to be the church because we know that Jesus is coming again. After giving the great commission, he gave us a charge to go out into the world and to preach the good news. To preach the gospel. This morning I talked about that a little bit. The good news is simply the good news. You want to hear some good news? Jesus came to this earth. He died on a cross for our sins. He went into the grave, but he did not stay there. On the third day, he rose from the dead. And now he lives at the right hand of the Father. And one day, he's coming back. Isn't that good news? When he did that, he solved two problems we all have. We all have a sin problem. He nailed those problems to the tree. We all have a grave problem. And he proved and he overcame the, the grave that we could overcome, the grave through him also. If we want to get in on all this, we need to follow him and be born again. Now, are we born again? That's right. We, we believe, we repent, we, bat, uh, we confess and be baptized. And then follow him. And that is good news. And then after he charged us to go out and give the good news, he ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of the Father. He has given us a powerful, powerful promise. He's not going to stay there. One day he's going to return for his bride, the church. That's us, by the way. In his, uh, in his words, he tells us, he says in, uh, in Hebrews 9, 28, it says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins for all, will appear a second time. Not 
to deal with the sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting him or waiting for him. That's us. And I see the glory in his second coming in this first Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from the heavens with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, he will, the dead in Christ will rise first, and, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with him together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. As, a, as, as Christians, our retirement plan is out of this world. Years ago, uh, when I, I remember I was a freshman in high school, and we had, a, I was in band, played the trombone. Well, our band teacher was always uh, showing us other types of music, and so part of band practice was he would get the old record player open, and he would take up a record and he would show us different kinds of music throughout the world. It was very interesting. Well, one time he got out a, a record. Uh, it was all electronic music. And back then in the uh, early 80s, electronic music, it took, a, it took a wall about the size of that just to make these weird noises. And there was this guy. His name was Tomato. He was a, a Japanese guy. And I remember him. I remember his name. And he was show, they showed him a picture of him in front of a wall of knobs that make noises. And he made this album of really weird noises. It's a whole album. People bought this. And so they were showing us this album. I thought, this, that sounds great. So I asked him, can I borrow, borrow this and take it home? And he said, sure. So I went home. And uh, in, in my, my bedroom, which is just a normal size little bedroom, I had, I had my dad had just bought these speakers for singing. They were called Woodson's. They were really terrible speakers, but they were about five foot tall and about a foot wide. And uh, and I hooked up my stereo. I hooked them up to my stereo. Because, man, I was ready to rock and roll here. And I, I turned that knob up to 11. I mean, I turned it all the way. This is the middle of the afternoon. And I put that, that weird music on there, and it came. It started in with some wobbling stuff that sounded kind of like trumpets blaring. And unbeknownst to me, my sister, and in the room next door, was taking a nap. <laughs> Her name is Rachel, one of the twins. She has a twin brother. Anyway, she flew out of bed. I mean, from a dead sleep, flew out of bed, and she heard that noise. She just knew the Lord was coming. <laughs> She took off across the hall and went into my infant brother's room. He was, he's 15 years younger than me. He went in there and I found her, after I got the thing turned down, I found her in the corner of Andy's room huddled with him in her arms. She says, he's, the Lord's not going without me and Andy. So she was uh, huddling in. She was going to take him with her. She really, truly thought that the Lord was coming right then. Well, she, she, you know, she'd read Matthew uh, 24, 44. It says, therefore, <laughs> you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour which you do not expect. It might be 3 o'clock in the afternoon while you're taking a nap. <laughs> but we all must be ready. Because it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. And while we're here, because it says, 
and it says uh, that uh, those who are, are still here will be caught up with them in the clouds, which means there are going to be some here. I don't know, maybe today, maybe tonight. Only God knows the day and the hour. I've got a great story. I'm not going to go into on that. But only God knows. The Father is ready. The bride is ready. Everything's ready. Jesus is waiting and waiting for God to say, go get your bride. When he does, the heavens are going to open. I'm going to have the family come up here because I've got a song that just fits right in here. Uh, it, uh, you never know. <laughs> it might be today. It might be right now. You don't know. Uh, we might be the very group now that gets to look up in the sky and say these words. Here he comes. That would be awesome.
greatest day. Will it? I mean, think about it, though. I mean, if that were to happen right now. I mean, you heard those trumpets, and this old roof was to fly off, and we were to see Jesus come through the clouds. Wouldn't that, would that be the greatest day of your life? Most awesome day of your life? Or your biggest moment of regret? if you're not a Christian, when that moment happens, all bets are off. You are then who you you are, you are who you are right now will be will be that for eternity. Think about that. Think about that. Today is a great day. I'm going to tell you about the greatest day of my life. I was uh, uh, eight years old. Member of the my family and attended the Creveport Christian Church in Illinois, Creveport, Illinois. And uh, I had been I had never not believed. You know, I was raised in a Christian family. Um, I always believed from the moment I could remember in my first memory, Jesus. I knew who Jesus was, and uh, I had been ready to be baptized and to give my life to the Lord fully. Uh, even at an early age, but I was eight years old. I still had not made the decision. I was still sitting in that front pew. But one day, I was in that front pew at junior church, and the lady who was in charge of junior church is named Betty Walton. Betty, uh, most interesting thing about Betty, and of course she was an older lady, but she also had been in a car accident and had some voice trouble. And so she talked like this. And I can remember like it's right yesterday. I can remember Betty Watlin walking up to me in junior church and saying, David, yes, Betty, don't you think it's time for you to get baptized? Yes, Betty. <laughs> I was ready. She knew I was ready. And I, so I just needed a little kick in the pants in order to get up and go. I, you know, that's really what it was. I just needed someone to kick me in the pants and say, hey, it's time to go. And so uh, I said, yes, Betty, I was ready. And so Betty and went and got my dad out of church. We went to the preacher's office. We talked. Determined. Uh, dad, of course, determined knew it would be better than anybody else. He knew I was ready. So we went back in the church and went up into that baptistry. And theirs was like, hey, up there. And anyway, went up there. And he baptized me into the Lord that day. And I became a member of the body of Christ. That was the greatest day of my life. You can be a part of this church. The greatest day of your life could be today. Today. All who serve are a part of this church. And God offers salvation and promise of heaven to all who answer his call. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Have you, have you stated that to others? We could do that now. now. Have you repented of your sins? Which means you're literally turning around, turning away from sin and going towards Christ. Are you ready to be baptized? You, you're ready, but you've never, never been baptized. Maybe you just need someone to, to come up and say, hey, it's time. I want to encourage you to live 
life gets bad and when the world looks at you and says, oh, it's so terrible, you can have that little smile on your face going, ah, I know we're going to win again. So I don't care how far my life goes. So let's all stand. We're just going to sing this song. It's on 550. 550. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is coming. Let's sing this softly and 